This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Christine Primomo, a retired nurse living in Queens. She's an activist who is passionate about many initiatives, among them the need for every Albany County resident to be counted in the 2020 census. She notes that currently only 59% of county residents have filled out the brief survey. Primomo stresses that the census can be answered by phone, by mail, or online, and that the responses remain confidential. A member of the nonpartisan, not-for-profit League of Women Voters, Primomo remembers as a grammar student being taught civics. She urges, if you don't like the way something is working, get engaged. I heard about Christine through Mayor James Gone, who, as our readers are certainly aware, has been a proponent of filling out the census. And um, Christine has been working on that in her role as a member of the League of Women Voters. So welcome, Christine. Thank you, Melissa, for inviting me to join your podcast. Like, this is a very important issue. So It is. Thank and you. What brought you to this issue? How did you become interested in it? Well, um, I 2017, I believe it was, 2018, it was 2018, there was a meeting um, that I was informed about that was held at the Albany Public Library. Our fabulous libraries have been leads on the census from the beginning, and there was a forum that was um, held with people involved in the census and with the 2020 Census uh, Partnership Specialist just kicking off um, why it's so important that we start working on the census and to ensure that we do meet the census goal in Albany County, um, as well as throughout the state and the country, of course, of, of counting every person once and just once and in the right place. So as a member of the League of Women Voters, I attended that uh, conference, a little mini-conference, and um, that's kind of what kicked things off. I ended up becoming the default person who's kind of be taking the lead with the League, and uh, we've had our own forum in the past year on the 2020 census, as well as we are now working on outreach. And since the census information and census collection started April 1st, um, ramping up our efforts now to be sure that everyone in Albany community and Albany County completes the census. And I know you've got a ways to go because I looked it up last night and it's 59%. (laughs) So, um, well, yes, um, we did. I did actually do myself. I did the same. Albany County, um, is at 59%, which that has increased a bit, which is, you know, from the past two weeks. Um, and we have been, um, connecting with a lot. There's many, many community groups in the county um, and and religious organizations uh, that are working on outreach. But um, for my particular um, interest is I have really kind of been focusing on um, getting the counts uh, up in the rural areas of Albany County um, because I live in the town of Queens and um, we have had undercounts in um, the past census in 2010. And this year, um, right now, we are also um, looking at in um, 
as of actually the 13th, there's actually maps on the census website you can look up. Um, Brentsleville is at 33.8% response rate. Um, Altamont's, you know, almost double that, 69. Um, we have Burn at 46%, um, Knox, 63, Westerlo, 56. I believe Gilderland is is at 68%, which is even better than the county um, average. But we need to get all of those, um, you know, communities aware of how important it is to complete their census now online over the phone or mail it in if you haven't mailed in the census form you received as yet to, you know, keep uh, the need for an enumerator who will actually go out and do the, you know, what we all remember as, at least I do, um, the knocking on the door of the census worker, um, trying to minimize the door-to-door contact. So if we, you know, all do our part that way, um, we will have, you know, close to 100%, which would be great. We each need to do our part in encouraging others to respond. So let's talk a little about the rural areas, since that's your interest and also a lot of our coverage area. I know when I wrote about this earlier, I talked to the Center for Rural Affairs, which is based in Nebraska, but it's a rural, it's a problem in rural areas apparently all across the country. Um, and I was told they tend to have aging populations and they lack services like broadband. And so really, counting, being counted in a rural area would help. The, the calculation that the Rural Affairs uh, Center did, because they're in Nebraska, was for every uncounted resident of Nebraska, more than $2,000 is lost annually. So that's a lot of money. Tell us a little about it is. what... Why is it hard to get people in rural areas to do this, and what can we do to encourage it? Um, I'm not sure if there's, like, any one particular issue, but um, one thing that we do know that, um, you know, at this point people are sometimes, um, you know, concerned about privacy issues um, with the census, especially this year, Um confidentiality and information maybe being sent out that they don't want sent out, but people need to realize that the um, the census is actually, the, the data is protected under um, the United States Code, actually under Title 13, and um, individual records from the census are, you know, by law, they're confidential for 72 years, plus if any census um, information is, um, you know, by a Census Bureau employee is, is, is given out, it's a felony. So people would go to jail for five years. They get, you know, a quarter of a million dollar fines. Um, they never share their personal information with anyone. Um, so, and person, like addresses, things, it's stripped out of the surveys when they actually do crunch the numbers. So we never ask. Sometimes people think, oh, you know, they're going to want my social security number. None of that. Is, they don't ask for your social security number. They don't ask for bank account or credit card information. Um, you know, so there's never any money that's required for donations to any reason to complete the census. So it's um, it's very safe. I was really surprised when I filled out the census myself how little information they ask for. It's your name, your age, your sex, your race, and the relationship of the people in the household that you're in. So as you were saying, none of that information where you think of identity theft, like social security numbers, is even part of it. 
That's correct. And the, um, you know, there is U.S. code under Title 13 that does require all census employees that, you know, they swear an oath to protect the data. So it's actually a felony for any of them to disclose any confidential census information before, even after they leave. Uh, so they get huge penalties. They can go to jail for five years, fines of $250,000. The information isn't shared with any law enforcement agencies. Um, and so you can feel pretty confident that the information that you send in on the census is, is, is protected. Um, where people maybe are thinking that, oh, all these questions are asked, are longer surveys that are sent out called the American Community Survey, and some of us have received them in the past that asks for more specific information, but that is not something that's part of this census count. It's done as a separate piece, and that is a more of a voluntary. The census, actually, the 2020 census and every decennial census is required that we respond. So as a citizen, we each need to do our part or as residents. Um, we to respond to the mailings and complete the questionnaires and I online see. now by phone. That's an easy way. If people don't have internet, um, there's a telephone number which I'm you know you can call. I'm happy to share that if you know you think that would be helpful sure. to get folks to respond. Give us the number. And, um, uh, sure, of course you have to give me a second. Um, uh, and um, it's an 800 number. You can call, and there's actually the census is um, 59 languages if folks need any language support uh, that are available. So um, if they want to call it in, if they don't have broadband, internet, or just mail in, um, that's also, you know, the easiest way you can do it as well, just to mail it back in. Uh, The toll-free number is, I believe, 888, but just give me one. 844 three three zero two zero two zero and they have folks there um, from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern time uh, there's also um, a Spanish language um, available at those hours as well and then all the other languages if they're needed you can ask when you call that 844 number initially Great. And I noticed you corrected yourself. You first said citizens and you changed to residents. And that's an important, that's an important <laughs> distinction because I know, tell us a little about what went on uh, leading up to the census where there was a, a sort of crisis um, with the idea at first that there would be a question about citizenship. And that, of course, would leave out a lot of residents um, that wouldn't be bringing in the money that is needed for those kinds of communities. That's correct. And I apologize for that because I'm also, you know, wearing my um, voter registration hat today too. So um, I, I'm the, um, there are, there were real concerns um, over the census question, it, you know, being added to the census questionnaire at the very last minute. Um, so, um, that was actually a question that was in front of the Supreme Court, um, but they heard arguments, but then they decided to turn it back and said, no, that, you know, they cannot ask citizenship questions on the census. So there is no information about that asked. Uh, that was a concern and maybe that was so well publicized and people heard about it or read about it in the, in the news media, 
or saw something on television. And, and that may be a reason that people in some communities um, are going to be undercounted because they're partly afraid. So um, this time, um, you know, there is no reason at this time for anyone to be concerned about that because it was not added. Well, thank you for dispelling those fears. So can you tell us a little about how the coronavirus and the shutdowns that followed um, have affected the process? I know some of the deadlines were pushed out, but as far as um, the enumerators who follow up and go door to door, has that been influenced or how, how has this yeah. all played out with the census? It has, it has kind of put everything back. Um, they are, um, you know, as, as you can imagine, um, the census is a massive undertaking. So um, that is making um, one of the things that makes it more difficult. I mean, we have to count 330 million people, I think it is, and there's like 140 million households across the country. But they are adjusting the census operations um, at the Census Bureau just to protect the health and safety of not only their employees, but also the public. So, um, you know, again, um, to we don't know where things are going with this, with this COVID, um, the coronavirus, and how long we're going to be dealing with this. So answering that census online by phone or by mail is going to protect, you know, not only the census workers, but also um, folks that are going to get a visit from an enumerator. And uh, the dates that ha- have been moved, um, census day did occur on April 1, which is the 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 start date, right, um, that we all are familiar about. Um, and um, I believe the, and it has changed uh, several times in terms of when to respond or the dates to respond are, um, I believe it's April, August 15th now, it's been moved out. Some areas of the country are um, beginning to open up um, their offices, and um, but New York State at this point is not one of them. So we are not going to see the census takers in our neighborhoods um, probably until maybe um, July or October, into October. That's the range. So it is affecting um, the ability for, you know, our workers to go out, census workers, to go out to do the door-to-doors. I can imagine. Um, Everyone's so wary these days. (laughs) It must make it hard. Having somebody knock at your door would be... Um, not not the normal reaction. Yeah. Well, I would just Correct. like to hear a little about yourself. You mentioned in passing that you also have a voter registration hat. Would you describe yourself as an activist? Yes. Well, that's, I am. And how did you become one? Tell us just a little about yourself. Um, well, I'm I'm retired nurse now. Retired. Um, I have. Uh, I'm married, I live in Queemans, and um, have two married sons, four grandchildren. They live in North Carolina. Um, I guess I've always, I've always been, you know, very, I've been active in, in voting always in politics and um, just kind of things ramped up for me um, when um, the 2016 election came around. So um, I started doing more and I was retired then, so I had more time. Um, but then I, I, I joined the League of Women Voters of Albany County because um, they were an organization, at least for me, um, not only they're activists, um, they, are, they are nonpartisan, um, but they don't really work on behalf of any candidates or political parties, but they, they do 
focus on voter registration, um, defending voting rights are things that are important to all of us. Um, we monitor, um, you know, what's going on in our local government activity wise, going to town meetings, uh, legislative meetings. Uh, we do, uh, sponsor candidate debates and issue public forums, anything that we can do to, um, you know, get the word out, um, so people can make an informed decision about voting. And, um, that is our focus is to really encourage an active and an informed participation of all of our folks in government. Uh, so we, we hope that we are meeting those goals through registration of voters throughout the communities. We do civics education in the schools. Um, we distribute nonpartisan information on candidates and ballot, you know, initiatives that come up. Um, and um, I really am proud of the fact that for the last year, um, we did conduct candidate debates and public forums that um, engaged high school students in um, social studies courses at seniors. And that was very exciting because that really engaged the population, younger population, getting them aware of what's important about getting involved in voting and being aware of, you know, your civic duty as um, a person who lives in the United States and has got the franchise able to vote. Yeah, and it's so, so important with so few young voters registered. <laughs> How what what role did these high school students play in these candidate def- forums? Well, we actually have some amazing, a couple of amazing members in our our league here in Albany County who who do um, little seminars mm-hmm. for the students that want to become involved. Um, when they help organize the actual candidate forum, the night of the forum. They help with, um, we, we allow people at our forums are run differently. They're, they're not a debate per se. People submit questions ahead of time, um, as they come in the door who want to attend the forum. And, um, they, so the students help with just kind of crowd control, you know, getting people seated, but they also sit with our lead members and, and look through the questions, kind of sort them and compile them and, and put them into, you know, if we get four or five questions on, okay, are we going to have to raise the taxes this year? What do you have to say about that? They'll, they'll organize those things. So um, they are engaged in the actual evening, and um, it's, it's a really, I think, I find it really exciting because the students are really excited when they come in and they're part of it. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I was not that familiar with the League of Women Voters, and I looked up your 100 years old because it went hand in hand with suffrage and getting the right to vote and educating women so they would be voters. Is it um, How many are in the, the county chapter do you about? I believe we had at the last, I think it's almost 200, I believe. Um, we do have a new members now, not, not our usual meeting. We have a lovely little event usually once a year for all the new members. It's an orientation and a welcome, but this year, of course, we're doing a, a, um, a Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going to be on the 23rd. Um, so we, we are expanding and it's not just women that are in the league. We have several, quite a few men in the league that are very active that, you know, play important roles here, not just here in Albany County, but also the league is, you know, national. So um, I think there's almost 100,000 uh, across the country who are members of the um, the league. So, so if uh, someone, we are the local Albany County. If someone listening were interested in joining, what would they do on May 23rd? 
I mean, how would they access this uh, video? Conference? Well, this is for people that have joined um, oh, the the league. I, I yeah, I am not certain if it's open to the public, but it might be. I I would have to find that out. Well, I don't um, want to put you on the spot. I just mean if somebody's interested, <laughs> they're listening to this, and they but think- they can certainly go to yeah, go to the website um, or you know, and uh, because we do have so much information that's useful for folks, especially this time with COVID again, our voting has been affected. As we all know, Um, we have changes to the primary and when we're going to be, how we're going to be voting. And um, we do have the, um, I guess the June primary is going to occur and it's going to be, you know, I think the nine days of early voting as was last year, it started out. So, but if people have get texts, you can, um, get uh, text alerts about changes to voting in the 2020 elections. Um, they can just go to Vote New York and you text 474747. So that service gives up-to-date election information and voting changes once they're announced. And certainly going to the League of Women Voters New York State website will give you anyone um, and give you a link to how you become a member so what are some of the other initiatives that the league or that yourself have been involved with? How long have you, so you said you started with the um, 2016 election. So in the last four years, <laughs> you seem like an energetic person. What kinds of things have you been involved in with that? With, with, the, with the league? Yeah. Um, yeah. Events? Yeah. Um, well, we, I've done candidate forums. Um, and attended those and helped. I, I don't actually, I'm not a moderator. Um, that's a whole training. If someone wants to become a moderator for the forums, I haven't done that as yet. Maybe I will in the future, but I've helped out at those events. Um, voter registration tabling. We go to, you know, any of the, they have, um, any events in, in communities where they would want the league to come. We've, we've done those, uh, where we have tables that we set up with all the league information. Um, and, uh, of course the census, uh, now has taken, you know, a lot of my time with the census, with the work that we've done. We also, I'm on the program committee, um, for the league. So, um, if we have, um, trainings, for example, or any kind of programs that are focused on, for example, women's suffrage, which we had quite a few going on. I would just help and volunteer at those in terms of um, any needs um, that they had for volunteers to be there to help with the events to make it a success. Do you get frustrated? I do with just how few Americans exercise their right to vote. Are these are these attended? Are these forums well attended generally when you run them? Um, I would have to say it's they are disappointing. The attendance is disappointing. We do our best to try to get the word out through any communication we can. Our libraries, as I said, have been just wonderful partners with the league, not only for the census, but um, for if we need a place to have um, a um, candidate forum, for example, or, you know, any other events, they have been always open door, um, you know, and we, we are, again, a membership non-for-profit. We don't have money to spend on renting places, so we're kind of shoestring, of course. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it is frustrating um, when, you know, we, we, have, um, we have a wonderful person who does our public relations and, you know, sends out notices to 
all, you know, any communication that she has that would maybe get the word out about events. So we try to stagger where we locate our events as well in the county so that we're not just, you know, in, for example, the Albany Public Library, um, Washington Avenue branch has a really large uh, community room, which holds like 150 people. So if we are hoping to get a number like that, um, we need to have a larger uh, place to hold it. So sometimes the location can be a barrier. I'm almost thinking that, you know, right now we are all um, on our Zoom and other you know, video chats and all of that, it may help our outreach if people don't have to leave their house, <laughs> if we're able to do these kinds of things, um, you know, over a computer like this, uh, it's possible. We'll see. But in a larger sense, I was when I was asking about frustration, I mean, here we have this great privilege in a democracy to be able to vote. And the fact that so few people exercise it. I just wonder what your thoughts are on that. And similarly with the census, it takes five minutes. Why is it only half the people have spent five minutes when their Congress representation depends on it and when they're funding for all kinds of programs depend on it? I just, do you have any insight on this? I just, it boggles my mind. Well, it's also, I think, yeah, it's something, and I wouldn't be involved in the league if I didn't think that was important, but I, you know, I guess this could be another whole podcast, right, on this issue. Um, I just think um, one of the things that, for me, I don't know why this continues to stick in my head. I'm, I'm older, obviously, and I remember when I went to, when I was in school, even in grammar school, um, I remember taking classes in civics education. And that was part of, you know, every year there was something on, you know, the civics and, and government. And that doesn't happen anymore in our schools. So I, I think, you know, now that I'm much older and I, I know from when my old, old kids went through school, I mean, that just wasn't there. And I don't know if that's kind of part of it. The other part is, I, for some reason, people, a lot of people are just disengaged from our political process in terms of what goes on in government and maybe what's happened in the government over the last 20 years. Um, people have lost faith and they just don't feel their vote counts. But we do know that it's very important that every vote counts. Um, and I, I just wish people would realize that it does. And if you don't like the way something is working or something is done, get engaged, get involved, call your local um, you know, elected officials and let them know your thoughts. And um, that's very empowering, I think, for me personally, and kind of what keeps me going, because it does work. And we do know, even in Troy, I think we had an election where there was the person won, and I don't remember, it was a local election, by one vote. So don't ever think your vote doesn't count, because it does count. (laughs) Yes, we've covered a number of elections (laughs) at the Enterprise over the years where one vote has made the difference. That's true. Well, our time is nearly up. I just so admire your energy and your commitment. Do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners? Any parting advice? Well, I, you know, when it comes to the census, um, again, we each need to do, need to do our part. I mean, it's it's up to us. It's it's our 
money. It's our communities. And, and I, if, if there's anything, I think people need to realize that it affects our community, what we get for dollars and cents for our health care, um, for our Head Start programs, for, um, you know, our el- Social Security, for our elderly populations. Um, and for jobs and economic development, it is just so important. And so I hope everyone does, um, you know, get those numbers up to as close to 100%, encourage others to respond. Um, and that's really, I think, what will get us closer to that, you know, one person, every person counted the right place and only once. I hope you're right. Thank you, Christine. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me on. I'm really um, very happy to have done this, and I hope it makes a difference. Thank you for being so community and civic-minded yourself. 